0: Start with the things in your life that you know you can control, your diet, your sleeping habits. Those are the easiest things to change. Every day when you wake up is a decision to say, all right, I'm Superman. I'm going to get it done.
1: Welcome to episode two of the Founder Dad podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Ephraim Yermak, who has his own podcast called Founder Stories. I was lucky enough to be invited and we had a very engaging conversation about my own story with my startup, being a founder, being a dad, the things that motivate me, the challenges I face, how to get through those challenges, and advice I give to other founders on their own journey. So we hope you enjoy, share with your friends, and subscribe.
2: Hey everyone, I am super excited to present another episode of Founder Stories. Today, we have my dear friend coming all the way from California, Danny Feldman. Danny is the CEO and founder of a company called Generation Transfer, which their product is called Lena. Um, and I'm super excited for Danny to be joining us today to share his experience, his strength, his journey that he's gone through, and all the lessons he's learned until now that we applied in our own lives. So Danny, first of all, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks, Ephraim. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you as always. I'm glad you're uh, smiling, looking healthy up in New York
2: during these crazy times. Yeah. Listen, we got to do what we got to do to stay healthy. That's so, right. So, Danny, why don't you take us back and give us some history about yourself. So where are you from, and what was your upbringing like?
0: Um, so, good question. I was born in Moscow. Um. I'm 37 years old. That means I was born in 1983. Um, spent the four, four years of my life, first four years of my life living there. And then we immigrated to the United States when I was four years old, uh, 1987. And I uh, grew up in New York, grew up in New York City, living in Manhattan. Um, and um, I come from a uh, musical family, I guess you could say. Uh, my father um, is... Like a very serious classical pianist. And when he moved to the United States, it was kind of, you know, it was a pretty big deal because it was the Soviet Union. Um, And he became a star overnight when he came to America. So um, really lucky that I was exposed to um, not only classical music, but, you know, uh, books, literature, and a lot of kind of uh, cultural uh, things uh, that colored my childhood when I was young. Um, And I grew up in New York, which was awesome. Um, I think it's a very, it's a very unique city to grow up in. Uh, it definitely gives you access to different types of people and a hustler mentality. And you know, it's it's definitely one of the most interesting cities in the world. Um, so super happy that I grew up there. And um, you know, my I guess quick background in terms of education. Um, I went to a liberal arts college for undergrad. Uh, I studied religion and political science as an undergrad. Um, Religion was interesting for me just because, again, kind of my father was always interested in, you know, um, Eastern spirituality, and he always had a lot of interesting books laying around, uh, and I would always come up to him and just ask questions. So I got exposed to kind of um, these type of ideas and concepts uh, from a young age, and for me it was always interesting to just understand, you know, how people have been trying to explain What's going on in the world from the beginning of time from a lot of different perspectives, right? Because no matter where you're born, what your nationality is, what you believe in, you know, we're all looking up and we're all trying to figure out what the heck is going on, right? And we're all trying to come up with rules on how to exist in the world so that you can benefit, so that your family can benefit, so that the people around you can benefit. Um, So that was interesting. And then I also, you know, combine that with political science because when I started undergrad, it was 2001, September, uh, 9-11 just happened. So I was like, all right, so if there's something going on in the world, you know, it's good to kind of be aware of history and politics and all that other stuff. So that was super interesting. And then after uh, undergrad, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I was interested in the topics that I was studying. And then I went to NYU and got my master's in international affairs. So I continued studying what was going on in the world, studying organizations like the World Bank, the World Trade Organization uh, macro, no global macro, um, economics, global political economy. So that stuff was always, um, super interesting for me, you know, and I got definitely a deeper understanding of how all these systems work, um, which in our time, uh, is good to know, right? Because there's a lot of things changing and a lot of things happening. Um, and then
2: so let, uh, Danny, let, let's yeah. take a break. Danny, yeah. let's take a break. Quick break right here. What was it like, you know, growing up with parents, um, immigrant parents? And, you know, you were too young to remember the difference between coming from, from Moscow mm. to New York City. What was it like growing up with immigrant parents, you know, you know related more to, you know, relative to your classmates? Well,
0: you know, I never, I never felt, maybe because I moved to the States when I was young, I never felt like, an outsider, I never felt like I was considered Russian or anything like that. I mean, you know, I lived in New York since I was four years old, and you know, I was just as much of a New Yorker as probably the people that I was going to school with, right? So I think it's good that you have, you know, being in a place like New York City, nobody asks you like, you know, what's your nationality, what's your religion, um, and uh, it was great. I mean, you know, I immigrant family. My parents spoke English at home. Uh, we watched movies in English. We watched sports together. Uh, we did the barbecues, we did the fishing. So, um, I definitely didn't feel like an outsider. Um, so it was fine. You know, I love it. Yeah.
2: All right. No, I got you. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, for example, they, I'm trying to understand, you know, where your entrepreneurship journey and hustle came from. Um, and we find it a lot, a lot of times that people, you know, come to America, obviously, you know, the immigrants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, first of all, incredible journeys. And they come and they have that mentality that I need to make it into mm-hmm. this new country. last. So you know? well, well,
0: well, well, there is one thing. I mean, and I kind of, I think I realize this with age, is that coming from, like, ha- having a father that was always very well-known, um, you know, I would go to concerts. I would see how he interacts with people. I would see the attention that he was getting. And I would see that his goal was always you know, to be the best, right? Like maybe not the best, but the best that he could be. Right. And he dedicated his entire life from the age of five or six years old to being a pianist. He put in the work, he practices every day, you know um, he's always learning. He's always evolving. He never got comfortable. So kind of, you know, it's not about being in a shadow because I don't think my father and my family wanted me to be a musician, but I definitely, you know, I don't wanna say the bar was set high, but I felt like, you know, if I'm gonna do something, I want it to be something meaningful and I wanna be, I don't wanna say the best at what I'm doing, but I wanna be known for doing something really, really well or bringing something into the world that's, you know, unique and, you know, awesome on a very high level. So kind of, that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, Although the jobs that I was working previously, like when I finished graduate school or when I moved abroad, um, they were never, you know, dream jobs, like, you know, I used to do fixed income sales, I used to do commercial real estate. Um, I wouldn't go through childhood saying, wow, I want to be an investment banker. Wow, I want to like, flip commercial real estate. Um, I never actually asked myself the question of like, what am I, you know, what am I genuinely interested in? Like, if I could do anything I want, and I knew that I would be successful at it, what would I do? Um, I was kind of always, you know, because I probably grew up in New York and you know this, like, you know, we're things are put into our minds. Like, you know, you either have to do banking or law or medicine, or you have to do this, or, you know, especially back in the day, it was less opportunities to be as creative and you had to follow the mold, right? You get an MBA or
2: you get your law degree. So I was kind of always moving in that, um,
0: moving in that direction.
2: So, so then how, so tell me about like this, you know, you obviously grew up in your father's shadow and you have in the center and you're able to understand from your father that, you know what it means to be successful, to put in hard work, you know, to, to be determined, to work towards a goal. Then mm-hmm. you go ahead and you obviously graduate you graduate from NYU and you go through the whole entire process of getting the MBA, you know, working in investment banking and real estate. Where did your entrepreneurship drive come from? And at one point at what point <clears> you like what point did you say like, you know what, screw all this. I'm going to transform myself. I'm going to jump into the most risk possible thing, take the most risk and start a company, I'm mm-hmm. not be risk averse, where did that mindset and change come from?
0: Yep. So it was a step-by-step process. I don't, I think there was, you know, I mean, my entrepreneurial spirit clicked on when I, you know, started closing deals and started making like a, a decent amount of money. And I was like, oh, I actually like enjoy doing this. I like closing deals. Like I like talking to people, I like the sales process. I've always been, um, I guess, a sales personality or sales guy. Um, but at some point I realized, all right, I'm, you know, you could say working for like a bank or I'm working for somebody else. I'm putting in a lot of energy. I'm putting in a lot of time. You know, am I really getting the fruits of all the labor and all the time that I'm putting in or not? Um, and at some point, um, me and a friend just were said, look, you know, I have a good sales background. He comes from a real estate background. Why not? We just try to put this together. And like, if we're going to be putting in the works, working like, eight to 10 to 15 hour days, we might as well do it when we know that like, if we're gonna be closing deals, we're not gonna to have to share the money with anybody else except for ourselves. Um, so that was, I think in 2012, 2013. Uh, and then once you have the freedom of kind of making your own schedule, being your own boss, not needing to go into an office, um, then I think once you get a taste of that freedom or that lifestyle, um, and you understand that, yeah, you are responsibility, you are responsible for your own success. And it, you know, it's, uh, parallel correlates to the amount of work that you're putting in. I actually enjoyed that, um, that realization and that freedom, because I know that like, if I'm going to work my butt off and if I'm going to put in the time sooner or later, the results are going to happen. Um, whereas for example, you know, you can be a good salesperson, like if you're trying to sell stocks or bonds, and, you know, uh, you could do a lot of things, right. But whether you close the client or not, could depend on his mood in the morning, or his relationship with his kids, or other macro factors that are completely out of your hands, like a pandemic, like a crisis, right. And I started seeing all these things that are like just affecting him. And I said, Alright, I got to try to find something where you know, the results at the end of the day are going to be as much in my control as they can be. You know, so, yeah.
2: Wow, I mean, first of all, that's incredible. You're going through the whole entire experience and realization. So where did the idea for Generation Transit come about? When Mm. you have this whole entire Mm -hmm. experience of being your boss Mm -hmm. for the first time and Mm -hmm. you launch something with your friends and then you have, you know, everything else until Generation Trans or whatever transpired and happened. But where's the idea of the Generation Trans come about?
0: Mm. So I became a dad. And uh, the day that he was born, I was waiting, literally walking around the hospital, um, waiting for him to arrive. And for some reason, the thought came into my head. I said, why don't I make a video that he would open up when he gets older of me? just like welcoming him to planet earth. I figured I'm not going to get another chance to do it. And I was like, Oh, that might be pretty cool. And you know? also I made the video <clears throat> and then, you know, thought came into my mind saying, what do I do with it? Because this isn't something I wanted to post to social media or share with my friends. Um, it's not something that I wanted to uh, send to his mom for it to get lost in like a WhatsApp archive. And also, you know, I was thinking like it's for him, right? It's not for anybody else. It's very personal. And, you know, it kind of got left in my phone and I was thinking, Hmm, like, how am I going to be able to kind of guarantee that he's going to be able to get this specific moment in time when I want him to, like, do I really want him to have to go through hundreds of thousands, if not millions of photos in my phone, you know, when something happens to me or whenever I want to share it. Right. Um, So I can't say it was at that moment that kind of, I decided to drop everything and start this company, but the more he grew and the more time went by and the more I kind of realized the role and responsibility that I have as a parent, towards him and in my mind that was you know teaching him about it his family history teaching him about the world which is growing ever more complicated and I realized I'm like all right I have an entire and every parent every person has a lifetime of experience things that they've seen things that they've learned that they want to and should ideally share with their kids right but how do you do it I didn't know how and then I was like all right let's see what's out there Started talking to other parents, started seeing what tools have been created to help you do this. And I've realized that, you know, you can create an email address and you can create, you know, you could write letters. You can create an account on social media or you can just, you know, create a Dropbox folder or you can buy a notepad and write notes. Right. But all of those resources or solutions are kind of fragmented. Right. They weren't designed specifically for this purpose. You can use an email. But that was something that was designed for a completely different purpose that, you know, potentially could work. You could use social media, but I don't think social media was designed to maintain a relationship with a kid, right? Social media is for friends, just like Instagram. And then I realized, I said, wow, there's no solution to solve this problem in all the ways that I would want it to be solved in one place. And, you know, I had friends that had invested in startups before. Um, Again, I was coming from from a completely different background doing business. But, you know, I grew up with Facebook. My college was one of the first ones that they opened up to in 2003. So, I've, you know, I know how social media works and I know how technology works and mobile apps and everything. And I just realized, I'm like, all right, there's, you know, fragmented solutions. Why don't we just put it all into one place? Is there a market? Started talking to parents. Got good feedback saying, yeah, actually, this is a good idea. If you could create kind of one place, one universal place to capture and organize all these things that I want to share with my kids as they get older, we'd use it. So, Got some friends together, you know, a friend's family, put in some of my own money that I had saved up and uh, decided to,
2: to give it a shot. So before we get into the whole other aspect, obviously, you know, why don't you take us through the, the, the steps you went about, um, you know, building the initial product mm-hmm. and taking it to launch.
0: Well, yeah, the first, sure. The first step was obviously, I mean, if you want to really just do like a step-by-step thing is the first thing is we had to make like a presentation, right? We had to make a deck where we go over the kind of concept. We we show that we did some research. I mean, this is kind of what every entrepreneur does when they're starting a company um, is you have to, you know, come up with the idea, come up with a roadmap, show that you've done the research, show that you know your competition, show that you know kind of where the competition is strong, where it's weak, where your niche is, what the market is and kind of what the roadmap is. Um, Once we came up with that, Once we got a little bit of funding, then start building a prototype, start building your MVP, Um, which in and of itself, considering the fact that we have, you know, a huge platform that does a lot of things. One of the challenges that I think a lot of entrepreneurs face is figuring out like, you know, what's the nice to haves, what's the Mm -hmm. needs to haves, and what's the like must haves in order to test your assumptions with the market and prove whether, this is a product, uh, that needs to exist. But in order to do that, and I've learned this with time, um, is you have to kind of pick one thing that you want your solution, your app to do. And that one thing has to solve a problem and it has to do it better than anybody else is doing. right? Right. Um, I've realized that over time because in the beginning I tried to put in this feature and this idea and kind of put it all into one place and you know, the feedback that I got from users is like, well, this is all good, but how is it helping me today? Like, what's really the problem Mm -hmm. that we're solving? And that was probably, I mean, it's taken me, I mean, to be completely honest, it's taken me years to actually figure out what the problem that we're solving is because I have a personal problem, right? Like with my own kid, other parents have other things that they focus on. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I had a call. Um, and that was a challenge. And I mean, now I'm, you know, I, can, I can confidently say that, um, you know, in my mind, I thought everybody thinks about legacy and I thought everybody thinks about kind of the deep life lessons and everything like that. But in the end, it's much more simple. In the end, it's just, we don't have a way to organize all the things that we wanna share with our kids. There's no easy way to do that. And that is a problem. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So,
2: so I like that process. And it's a very, you know, every entrepreneur, you know, obviously create the deck, go ahead, present it, see what the main problem, where is the real big pain point, and you know the difference between the nice to have and what the needs to have. It seems like you know, obviously, you've been through some types of iterations of pivoting, so a little bit like most startups.
0: For sure, I okay. want
2: you to take us through some of the early challenges. I know you're still in the development stage. And, you know, as you continue to, you're starting to grow and get your product more out there, you've been through, I'm sure, tremendous amounts of challenges and hardships. I mm. want you to take us through some of the challenges and hardships that you've been through.
0: Sure. Uh, so there's, there's kind of, there's product challenges <laughs> and then there's business challenges. Um, and obviously they go hand in hand. So product challenges. Yeah. In the beginning, figure out like, what is it that we're actually making? Are we making a journal? Are we making a digital diary? Are we making an archive? Are we creating a time capsule? And then for every way that you're positioning it, then you're competing against other journals or other kind of resources and solutions that were designed that can help you um, solve that problem. And then just taking time capsule as an example. Um, when we tried that concept, I realized that, you know, first of all, on a subconscious level, if we're using the word time capsule, People already have an idea that it's something that's static. It's something that you put into the ground. It's something where you put information and you forget about it and you don't have any action with it anymore, right? I'm leaving it for my kids. And I realized that like, you know, you don't, I don't want to put on all this information and just forget about it, right? It's not just a one-time thing, right? I want this to be something that grows together as your child grows and as you grow like for the relationship, right? It's not just about leaving something for the future. And it's not about thinking about when you're going to be gone. It's about, well, and I've realized this with time after talking to users is, you know, you want to have a relationship with your child that's better. You want to have a meaningful, lasting and significant relationship with your kid. So how can we help you do that? Instead of just organizing a bunch of information, how do we make that information accessible to children and start a dialogue? Because there's Mm -hmm. no place in the digital realm where parents can connect to their kids and engage in meaningful conversations. We have apps, resources, um, and solutions that have been designed to manage every aspect of our personal and our professional life, except for potentially the most important. Um, So, and I think what helped is getting out of my own head and talking to more users. Just, I mean, that's, you gotta do customer development. Like as much as possible. And the more I talk to users, the more I realize I'm like, all right, what do they want? What do they want to see? What's the problem that they're actually solving? Um, so I had to take myself a little bit out of it and talk to the people that we're creating the product for.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, some of the biggest things, you know, as an entrepreneur, a lot of times, you know, what we think people need is always not the right thing the right right thing. You know, most of the What we always have to go and speak to the end user saying, Hey, what is it that you need? What is it that you like about it? What is it that you're actually going to use? As in, you know, thinking like, you know, we have this pain point. Let me go ahead and create something because I have that pain point. And if I have that pain point, it must mean another 100 people have that pain point. And that yep. actually doesn't look like that. So, but I like the fact, you know, that the product issues. but well, I want you to take us through more of the personal business. issues and challenges. Mm-hmm. No, not the business, mm-hmm. personal challenges that you went through in going about and building a startup.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, look, the personal challenge is taking a big friggin' risk when you have a kid, um, you know, saying, look, I'm going to leave a stable salary, um, stable cash flow from deals, something that you know is kind of uh, more or less, what's the word prognosis, um, but you can plan for to saying, look, I'm going to literally stop doing everything, put everything into this and roll the dice and you know, it's not going to be an overnight success, right? Uh, whereas if you're tr- flipping stocks and bonds, you're flipping real estate deals, you know that like, okay, it'll take you anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple months to kind of close a deal. And you can kind of say, all right, I have 20 deals in the pipeline. I'm gonna convert 10% of them. I'll get two deals a quarter. That means I'll make this much money. And like, I don't have to worry about, it. but now it's, you know, it's the, it's the, you know, responsibility of saying, all right, I'm taking my money. I'm taking, you know, the risk of the family situation. I'm taking money from investors, um, you know, and we gotta produce and we gotta make it happen. And obviously I wanna move a thousand miles an hour, but you can't move as quickly as you'd like with, you know, a limited budget and a limited team. Um, So psychologically, I mean, for me, it's not even an issue anymore because I've been living in it for so long where, you know, the responsibility and the weight, I don't, it's just normal. You know what I mean? I don't even feel it, but yeah, in the beginning, especially because I was spending time away from my son, uh my son is still in moscow obviously with this company you know we're building the team out here in the united states our investors are out here our target market is the united states and you know we're building alliances and partnerships here so yeah i mean it's it's a struggle man it's a challenge and i mean anybody anybody that's an entrepreneur knows that i mean i have my personal issues there are people that are dealing with their own stuff but it's always a real test of you know how much do you believe in what you're doing um how much do you believe in yourself uh, as a founder, as a CEO, to drive this, to build the team, to get partnerships, to get alliances. Um, that's one thing I've always, I've always been, you know, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, I've always kind of been a one man team. And I've realized with time is that you can't, you cannot do this without a team at all. And you shouldn't be doing it because you won't be able to manage every single question. And there's no person that can do everything, right? You're not going to be able to do dev and marketing and product and PR and fundraising. Um, all at once, right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean listen, we've you... been doing it for three years, so I mean, it's been you know we've been doing it for for three years, and we finally now kind of got it. we got the product, we got the problem that we're solving, I got a good team, we have a good team, and now I can say with confidence that like we're we're out of you know the 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 darkest time where I mean, you know me personally, you've seen me you know at dinners just like head down, kind of just not knowing what to do, but knowing that somehow all right. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Just pull through it. But I mean, so the darkest times are done. (laughs) So that's why I could sit here with a smile because we are moving and we're moving quick. Um, But yeah, that, I mean, you know, Ben Horowitz writes about it. A lot of people write about the struggle. Um, And you know, it's, it's, it's a good test of whether you really believe in the product that you're doing, whether you can test assumptions and whether you're physically and emotionally ready to go through you know, all the no's and all the changes and all the kind of assumptions that you thought were right, that were proven wrong and like how you react to it, you know, you take yourself out of it. You don't have an emotional reaction and say, look, our goal is to make a good product to solve a problem. Then every no is actually good, right? Every no you get from an investor could be a potential yes, just find out. I mean, mm-hmm. if the investor is, if they want to give you enough time and, you know, they'll give you good feedback, it's always good, Right. Every no from a user is all right. Well, then, you know, okay, good. So this is an important for you. So then what do you need? Right. So it's just a question of how you process the information that you're getting and just, just keep on going, man. You know,
2: so when you're going through the whole entire early process of all these challenges, you know, that whole entire, let's say, black face, which, you know, you said, you know, getting a ton of no's, not sure where it's going, lack of direction. Um, and you're still pushing forward because, you know, you had this dream of building out this. This company. What is mentally? What is keeping you going constantly? <laughs> you know what was keeping you going through the dark it's times? It's my. It's
0: I mean, I'm going to get emotional. It's my kid, man. It. It. It's my son. It's the fact that I know that. Like, um. Well, first of all, having kids is, is a hell of a motivating factor, right? Because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about another living being who you're responsible for. Uh, and if you are responsible parent then you're gonna feel that no matter what um and it's the fact that i know that like i'm you know i've had conversations where i'm like i'm working on your gift because he's small he has no idea what the internet is he has no idea what mobile phones are but he sees that his father is working on a gift right and he asks me like what's in here how does it work and i said look this is where you're gonna learn about the world about everything that you know, about your family, who your family is, about things that I think are important, things that I want to share with you, because you're going to be growing up into a world where you're going to be over, we are already overwhelmed with information, right? Fake news, real news, social media networks, advertisers, influencers, who's going to be educating your kid? Who do I want educating my son, right? And how do I want to introduce him to the world? How am I going to do it? Um, so I know, I believe in the product. I know we're going to be successful. And that kind of, you know, he who has a why can bear almost anyhow. Like Nietzsche, a lot of different life coaches, writers, Jordan Peterson writes about that. But that's true. Like you need to have some sort of aim, some sort of goal, some sort of meaning where no matter how bad uh, your current daily situation is or how many doubts you have or how many no's you hear, you know, you know that like, all right, this idea may change. We might change the way we position it. The colors might change. The buttons might move. But you know, that driving force, like this is something that is created for this relationship. And this is a tool that helps you, you know, create a better relationship with your kid, be a better parent, make sure you say all the things that you want to say and share all the things you want to share before it's too late. I believe in that. So that belief, that fundamental belief, um, that's, that's what kept me going. Wow.
2: that's very, very inspiring. And, um, yeah, and, and, and sorry.
0: And it's just, it's just the knowledge that like, I'm willing to go through the struggle. Now I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to be away from my kid. I haven't seen my son since February 18th because of like the virus and the lockdown. Like for me, it's like, listen, people have gone to war. People go through much worse things. Like I'm living my dream in that sense. It might be a struggle, but it's still the dream. Like I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. You couldn't, you couldn't pay me now millions of dollars to stop what I'm doing and just say like, work like a different job or like quit this project. So I'm willing to go through the grind. I'm willing to put in the work because I know that like where we go later, the end result is going to be the life that I want to live. The relationship that I want to have with my kid, he's going to be next to me. We're going to be together. And, you know, and honestly, I, in terms of, you know, founders, Like, I believe that I'm the person that needs to bring this thing into existence, right? My life story, my life situation, the fact that this is coming from a real place. Like, I feel like all the stars are aligned, and this is what I'm supposed to do. So knowing that, I don't care about anything else. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean?
2: Wow. I mean, super powerful. Absolutely, like, incredible. Uh, Using the acting motivation. you know. I remember we were sitting once, you know, and talking, and you were telling me, uh, like, you, you're down to your last, literally $2,000, $3,000 in your bank account. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. so what you just said before about using energy as your motivation it's, it's 100% true and really inspiring. Yeah. I mean, you keep us going through dark times. But when you're down to your last penny, you know, last few thousand dollars, when, like, you know, you had the potential to be evicted, you had the potential for your whole entire company to shut down.
0: Oh yeah. What are you what, no, are, I was, what are you doing? Bro, I, I I was renting cars and sleeping in cars in San Francisco, like between meetings, because you know, I it was there was some interesting there was some interesting experiences, but at the same time, it's like when else, you know, it's it's part of the story, you know. I mean, God, you gotta like it either makes you or breaks you, right? Could have quit, could have quit a long time ago, but yeah, so Sorry, what was the, like, what, what's going on in my mind during that time? So let, let's,
2: let's I, I think I got the, the answer over here. But, you know, based off all that, you know, you, thank God the dark times are past you. And you still have, you know, you're starting to build. You still have a long way to go. But the dark times when, you know, sleeping in cars, you know, last thousand dollars in your bank accounts, not mm. sure what's going to happen next are past. Yeah. What advice do you give to new startup entrepreneurs? Or so you, what would you tell them? that are going to a similar experience like you or have been to a similar experience?
0: Well, first of all, if you, you can't stop doing the work, right? If there's a reason, for example, if there's a reason why I'm not closing investors, then, you know, you got to figure out what that is, right? And, you know, if you need more time or if you need to build a team or you just have to figure out, like, what's missing? Like, what's, what am I doing that's not working? What's, the cause of the current situation and is it in my control if it's something that has to do with the product if it's metrics then continue doing the work if you don't have money to pay people then convince them to work for equity right um if you have to get a job bartending or doing something to like pay your rent if you have to borrow money from friends if you have to tap old investors then that's what you have to do i mean if you want to do it then you can't quit Um, so You know, I was lucky enough where, you know, I did have friends that, you know, they know what I'm working on. They know in detail um, the things are getting done, the timeline. Um, So I got, you know, I got help. I raised money. uh, So kind of those dark times, um, you know, they were tough, but we got through them. But we got through them because I wasn't just sitting. I wasn't just thinking like, oh, my God, this this stinks. Like, oh, God, like, what am I going to do? Like, I was I mean, I'm working like, you know, from 630 in the morning to 10 p.m. at night. Constantly thinking, okay, what do I have to do? What do we have to change? Who do I have to find? It's not easy to find people, especially nowadays. I mean, you know, especially when you're a young startup and you can't pay people a huge salary, you really have to find people that genuinely feel that same pain point, believe in the product, believe in the vision, believe in me to kind of help us get there. Um, and you have to be able to find those people as well. Like right. me coming from a different industry and in a different country, come into a place like Silicon Valley. You know, I have some friends that are making intros, but You know, I was going, I was renting cars and I was going to the pitch sessions, even if they were, you know, some of them had points, some of them had interesting people, some of them were completely pointless. And, you know, um, it's not easy starting from scratch um, when you're a first time founder, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of, you know, organizations, incubators, accelerators, coaches, mentors, and, you know, they do good at marketing and you can't really tell who's real, who's not. right? So, yeah, I mean, also like accelerators, we've applied to YC probably like three, four times. I've applied to Techstars a couple of different times, you know, in your mind, you think, all right, well, this is an awesome idea. It's so brilliant. Like, why doesn't anybody else see it? But for some reason, you keep getting those, you keep getting those, whatever, doesn't matter. Keep going, you know, all good. No worries. We'll get there. You know, obviously, if you can go back in time, like, you know, having the money that we raise now, going back a couple of years. Would I have done things differently? Would I have structured my team differently? Knowing the insights that I have from talking to all the customers that we have, um, obviously it would be different. But you have to go through that. You know, like you're not going to have all the answers. Well, unless you're you know, a third, fourth time entrepreneur and you're just awesome and you've been doing this, that, that's amazing, right? Um, because you're going to know how to check all these hypotheses and assumptions and you know how to structure a team and you know all the processes. For me, I'm learning on the fly. You know, watching YC videos, reading all the books. Um, learning while doing. So right. that's been a challenge, but at the same time, you know, now I know we're doing the right things. I know that any other company that I found after this or any other product that we release under this company, um, we're going to be able to do a lot quicker, more efficiently, and we're going to be able to go through everything um, at a lot higher speed. So,
2: Right. So first of all, your mental resilience and ability is just phenomenal. Able, I'm able to detect it all the way from here and see it, you know, feel it, how, and your mental your mindset of just pushing through be able to i'm able to see this tag detected from your face and you're able to push through a challenge and there's yeah. you built up is just absolutely phenomenal you know what the, besides obviously going through the experience of you know getting all of what you went through which built it all up what other side things have you done in order to build it up mm.
0: you know what it is honestly like and i've and i've realized this um it's like a daily routine that has to do with like physical and mental health that helps um because let's say for example during this time i was not eating right um i wasn't sleeping right hold on for one second um if i wasn't eating right if i wasn't sleeping right if i was wasting my time looking at like you know useless things on youtube or just like distracting myself then i wouldn't be as efficient and i wouldn't get as much done so what i've tried to do is like put myself in like war mode. You know what I mean? Because it's like, for me, it sounds, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be overdramatic, but for me it is like life or death. Right. Because I don't have a plan B. I don't know what the hell I'd be doing. I mean, I'm sure I could get a job, but I don't want to be doing anything else. And for me, anything other than success is failure. So I'm thinking, all right, what, what can I do on a daily basis to give myself like the highest, uh, likelihood to be mentally strong, physically strong, to be in a good mood and everything like that. So, right. you know, I've made it a routine to every day I wake up, I stretch, I meditate, I go for a run, I do something physical, I get my blood flowing. And I know that like I'm taking care of the machine, my body, so that, you know, when I do go through stressful situations, the meditation helps because you don't react to it as emotionally, right? right. Um, when you do get tired or you do get, get, get exhausted, you know that like, listen, I can go for a run for a couple miles. I can get my blood flowing. I can get the oxygen levels in my brain higher. Um, the quality of the food. I've done intermittent fasting already for a couple of years. So it's just like, I feel like if you start with the things in your life that you know, you can control your diet, your sleeping habits. Right. Like those are the easiest things to change. Mm-hmm. Then you know that you have the power to change other things. Right. Right. Start with cleaning your room. Start with your like daily habits. Right. And if you can't find, I'm not, judging anything but like in my mind like you know if i can't find 15 minutes for myself to just get my thoughts in order or if i can't find time to read or take care of my body if i'm not treating myself with enough respect then how can i how can you do other things right how can you run a team how can you talk to customers you know um so for me, it's, it's, yeah, the mental toughness comes from also, you know, I mean, I was a wrestler in college, I was a wrestler in high school, like, I've always done sports, I've always been physically active, um, so that, that part, and literally, even if you haven't been, you could start from day one, like, start, just do it, you know what I mean, like, have a fucking, have a disciplined regime, and then you're gonna feel better, people are gonna feel your energy level, like, you're not gonna be prone to, you know, depression or anything, I mean, like, depression, like, I haven't even thought about being depressed, like, what, I mean, right. I've, we got things to do, like there's work to get done. You could get down and I'm not, listen, bro, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, like every day when you wake up is a decision to say, all right, I'm Superman, I'm going to get it done, you know, and thoughts come in. I mean, every single day, it's any founder, you talk to more founders than I have, like everybody has doubts, right? You're always going to say, God, like it's not, it's not happening as quickly or maybe I'm doing something wrong those doubts creep in like that's normal, you know, and maybe there are some days when you probably should be down in order to appreciate the days when you do have the energy. So, um, just, yeah, just take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Take care of yourself and believe in yourself and have people around you to help you. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't have you as a friend, if I didn't have other people that I was talking to, you know, for the times when you saw me at dinner or I'm just sitting there like heads down and you're just like, you know, like you believed in what I'm doing, your family who I'm friends with, like believe in what I'm doing. So it's like having those conversations where if you are in your own head and you think like, God, this is, this is the dumbest idea ever. Like what the hell <laughs> needs this thing? But when you talk to people and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's brilliant. Just fucking keep going. Just do it, do it. That's, you know, you have to have the support system, you have to respect yourself, you have to take care of your body, and you have to have people around you that support you. And if you're hanging out with people that are not, you know, into the thing that you're doing, if you're hanging out with people that are like partying, whether they've already made money, or they're just not interested in like these sort of things, maybe you should be aware of the people that you're spending time with. And maybe you should be spending time with people that are doing similar things than than you, right? They say that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most of your time with. So surround yourself with people that are hustlers. Surround yourself with people that are going to be able to give you critical feedback that actually, you know, give a shit about what you're doing and give a shit about you, not just like, oh, let's go fucking party. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we can party, but we can party when we get
2: things done. Mm -hmm. You You mentioned so many interesting points here. Um, You know, the first thing, one of the things you mentioned is that we have the ability to restart our day every single day. hmm Yeah. And we have the ability to restart our day multiple times throughout the day. And that's one very interesting point you mentioned. I think it's, it's phenomenal. And you know, I'll we'll get to the, the the end part of it in a second. The second thing you mentioned is fear. Fear, uncertainty, self doubt. These things are real. You know, if a founder didn't have it, you know, most founders we deal with, you know, sometimes imposter syndrome and deal with the other types of things.
0: There is if they no didn't fear. have it. When you got to get to the point right? where there is no fear. Yeah. No, you have to see it and accept it. But now, I mean, the worst that can happen is death, right? I mean, I don't want to go off on like a crazy tangent, but the worst that can happen is death, right? You're alive. You can do things that give you the likelihood of staying alive for a much longer time, like taking care of your health, and eating right and being in shape, thinking the right thoughts. But it's like, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst mm-hmm. that can happen isn't happening yet. And when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You can't really control that, unfortunately. So you're alive. Like, you have a chance, you said it right, every single day to just change it. You know what I mean? And there are fears. You should be afraid. You shouldn't be reckless. But for me, my, like, there's no, well, there's no fear anymore. I just, it's just drive, you know? It's just, it's just, I don't even think about, I don't even think about, oh my God, what if, what if a huge company like Dropbox or Facebook wanted to make this? What if somebody, you can't think about those things. You can only think about the things that you can
2: control and you got to get those things done. Right? Right. So as a first-time founder and, you know, what, what do you tell other new first-time founders um, that, are, you know, going to not necessarily going through the same journey, but other founders are about to start a company. What would you tell them?
0: Number one, test your assumptions.
2: Test your friggin' assumptions
0: all the time because everybody has a good idea. Test your assumptions and do deep, deep, <laughs> very deep research. <laughs> like, know what, know what you're talking about, know your space. Oh my God, I have an idea to do this. Like, you know, to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna create some arbitrary thing, but I hear startup pitches and ideas quite often. I talk to a lot of different people and friends. Hold on one second. Excuse me. Excuse me. Not gonna work. Um, so, test your assumptions. Like, why do you think this is true? Do you think this is true because you think it's true? Or do you think it's true because you've talked to 150 people and they said, yes, this is true? Okay. Um, always, you know, in the beginning, you really have to test hypotheses and test assumptions. Because that's the dangerous thing is, like, you think that you're right, right? Um, sorry, this dude is distracting me. Hold on. Sorry. Um, What advice for entrepreneurs do research, find out who your competition is, find out like, what's your unique selling proposition. Um, Think about the people that you know, that can help you sell the product. How are you going to sell the product? Like, there's a lot of questions that you have to decide for yourself before you go into a venture. Like what's your sales process? What's your customer development process? How are you going to market it? Right. What are the channels? How are you going to growth hack? Um, What are the feedback loops? How are you going to make money? Will people pay for your product? Right. Is this something people are going to pay for? How are they going to want to pay for it? Um, So, I mean, look, luckily, we live in a time where there's no secrets, right? Like the formula is completely, um, the formula is obvious, right? There's all these pitch decks, which basically lay out, go to market, you know, business plan, problem you're solving, competition, market. These are all like, if you know those 12 slides, if you can answer all those questions, then you have, you know, you can go out and you could try to raise money and create a viable business. Um, And honestly, here's what it is. Honestly, I think, well, no, I can't say this because I don't know. I mean, like I'm just me, but um, you know, you got, you got to be passionate about it. I mean, there's people that found companies just because they see a niche and they solve a problem and they think you can make money and that's awesome. Right. Um, But I think you have to be, if here's the thing, if you're not passionate about what you are doing, if you don't think it's your life's work or something that you're really, really passionate about, when it gets tough, you're going to quit. You're going to stop. Because there's no, well, well, I'll just do something else. Because you don't care about it. But if you're going to tell a musician, a painter, a ballerina to like stop playing guitar or dancing or painting because mm-hmm. you're not selling your paintings, that's it. So yeah. all those people that are pursuing their dreams, they're doing it because they love it. They're doing it because this is what they want to do. And they're not going to stop. And they, you know they, they're going to go through most of probably it's going to be Tough times for most of the time, you know, because right. you got to break through. But once you break through, then you did it, you know, and you, do, right. and you know you did it for something meaningful. Um, right. So, yeah.
2: That's that super powerful. So, Danny, what do we tell a younger Danny, you know, just come, graduating from college, you know, has the ability to do multiple things, you know, to stay in Moscow, <sighs> has the ability to become a pianist, You have the ability to, you know, to work in Starbucks or to go ahead and found like, start a company. What do we tell a younger Danny walking out and facing the world for the first time.
0: (laughs) Start being friends with more people that do tech. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Start being friends with more people that do tech, get in the industry because I mean, I, you know, I I spent years uh, over a decade doing completely different business. Um, And, you know, if I had done startups before and if I knew people um, that had founded companies and ran companies and, Um, worked in this industry, then, you know, it's all about your network. It'll be much easier to build a team. It'll be much easier to raise money. Um, But again, I'm not even, I'm not complaining because these these are the things that I had to go through. Um, But in terms of career change, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So I'm happy, you know, I mean, listen, we're all given, we're all given the life that we're supposed to have, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, these are the cards that I was dealt. And honestly, like everything that I've done up until this point has led me to this point. So I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. I might have you know, I might get to the point where I was a couple of years ago. You know, be better at finding a team quicker, founding team that works for equity, that believes in it, that are like by my side as opposed to outsourcing stuff. Uh, because there was a point where I said, all right, we just want to get it done as quickly as possible. But um, you know, you have to have a team of people that are close by, where you're working all the time. You believe in the same vision. You have skin in the game. Um, so yeah.
2: right so danny i want to thank you so much for joining us today and you know that there's so many different lessons you shared and the whole entire experience you went through is definitely going to be helpful and beneficial to another entrepreneur in whatever stage they are either in the ideation starting with an idea or they're in the process of building something out or if they're later Um, you know, the grit, the hustle, the mental mentality, the having, building up that emotional resilience to push through the obstacles and go through, you know, knowing what you're constantly working for, knowing what your why is, which is going to keep you going through these hard times. The way you spoke it's about a- it is something that's going to help someone else very much, myself included. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And we're going to wish you a lot of luck. And we definitely, I'm definitely extremely excited to see how the journey progresses. So thank
0: you. Yep we're going to have some good news coming up. I appreciate it. And uh, if anybody from your show or any users or listeners want to reach out, I mean, you have my info. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have um, conversations with people going through the same stuff. Sure. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Take care of you.
1: Our lives are not linear. What we remember is not defined by time, but by experience. We remember the emotions and people surrounding specific moments and live time as one continuous day that is the experience of our lives. One of the most important, meaningful, and challenging experiences we face is being and becoming parents. These are conversations about moments in our lives, what they have taught us, and the questions we all face about how to live in the world.